why do I keep buying vinyl? Right. Is there is there a human connection to something that's contained and understandable and um, the human experience? The human right? experience. And is what does AI do to that? How do we retreat to something that we feel like we can be passionate about in control? I don't know, but there's some. There's going to be some human aspects to it that's going to shape. We're going to be so excited, and then you'll see things splinter in ways that's going to be really great and probably really scary. Welcome to The Insiders, a podcast on the latest advancements, challenges, and successes in innovation and technology. With industry leaders sharing their personal stories, we humanize the world of innovation and inspire listeners to push their boundaries and celebrate real humans shaping our collective future. Hello and welcome to The Ignition Podcast. I'm Mark Lowe, your host and head of Ignition here in Vancouver. My guest today is Cam Burke, very excited to have Cam with us. Um, Cam has a background in uh, technology companies. You founded technology yep. companies, um, driven some of those all the way to IPO. Um, spent some time in professional services, uh, and most recently uh, with Ford Capital yep. in investment banking capacity. Um, so, I mean, an incredible portfolio of work. A random collection of, well, of careers. Talk to me a little bit about kind of your view of like, what does innovation mean to you as a kind of broad construct? And how do you, what's the lens that you view the world in to either identify opportunities or now take those, that experience and apply that to entrepreneurs that you're working with? I think I'm probably, uh, you know, obviously shaped by my own experiences. I loved living in different, had the opportunity to live in New York and London and Sweden and a few different places. And took so much from that cultural opportunity and, you know, the way people work. And, you know, I think obviously the term globalist has a whole different connotation these days. But, you know, if you're at a, a scaling, a small scale up tech company in Vancouver, if, you know, your marketplace is the world. So right. we can live here and sell um, around the world like, like good Canadian tech stories often do. That to me is the best. Like, what a great place to live. Yep. But you need the business model and the go-to-market strategy that lets you take advantage of that. And I think that's to me my second time around was like, I want to have partners that can help me s sell around the world. So culturally, I'm not. Um, I understand what's important in those markets. I can work with great people all over the world and uh, try and have the best of both worlds. So to me. Um, innovation is as much how you think about your work, how you work, as it is the actual technology. And I think that's something I'd love to get into with you over time is I think technology is often a, it's an easy life jacket for innovation. Right. Like you hear some, hear some tech, glue it to your business and watch <laughs> who it Who wants it? <laughs> yeah. And increasingly less and less people, right? Yeah. Like who, if I said, you know, here's a great new CRM platform, you were complaining about the old one. And we just went through this at work. Everyone hated the old CRM, so we've right. got a new CRM. Yeah. No one comes to training. <laughs> and it's not, and they want to. It's just, it's. I think we're at max capacity on yeah. tech as a salvation as opposed to something that, that actually helps you do a better job of, of whatever that is. So let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, uh, I feel like now we're living in this period of extreme acceleration. And yeah. like, you know, you've mentioned ChatGPT a few moments ago and some of these you know, technologies that are that are just all of a sudden feels like we've gone exponential. Yeah. The story I often tell people is, um, you know, my my great grand great grandmother landed in Cape Town 
in the 190 dot. And in her lifetime had gone from horse and buggy to seeing a man land on the moon. And that's, you know, this amazing kind of, yeah. you know, life experience to have lived. But that's over a period of like 60 plus years. ChatGPT comes online and we're talking about like weekly releases of things that accelerate. Yeah. You talked a moment ago about this idea of, you know, technology is just it's just another thing, right? We're bombarded with platforms and channels and getting pinged on Teams and Slack and da da da. So, talk a little bit about just your. You mentioned you know it's not technology is just another thing, but you know we're we're trying to find value in our lives and, and that that informs business models and the way that those solutions interact. So, like, yeah. how does just just maybe if you would expand sure. a little bit on that idea of? Well, I, I do think. Um, there's a reason advisory firms are going to have an incredible growth opportunity over the next, you know, few decades is that the more people are overwhelmed, the more they trust people. Yep. And that could be on the systems to integrate or on things to be concerned of. And there is so much depth in so many areas that it's, it's hard to stay on top of what's happening. So I, I think the, the concept on data, so the typical knowledge worker and I might be wrong on the percentages, but let's say we typically have 20% of the information we need to make an informed decision, mm -hmm. and it's getting worse right. because there's more data and more data. And 80% of what you know you can call dark data lives in emails and paper, on PDFs, in things that are un that are just not at your fingertips. And that also is getting worse. So we're we're all doing the best we can. Right. So I'm hopeful. Like I think there's there's aspects of of you know, AI that are going to be incredibly helpful at doing the heavy lifting of bringing unstructured and structured data together and, and providing some um, ability for us to, to take advantage of the information we already have. And, and then, you know, how do we deal with what's the avalanche of data that's going to be coming from all of this? Yep. And at the same time, we've come out of a, a crazy three-year period where I think people crave human connection and they want to make they're making life decisions in a, with a different perspective. Like, do I want to live on an airplane for the next three years? Yeah. Do you miss Pearson Airport? Not much. I don't. <laughs> but I, I know I need to see people again. And so I think some of these, some of this innovation is going to be great to facilitate um, change and innovation in industries that struggled mm -hmm. and made investments and then thought it's too expensive, it's too hard. So I do think AI is going to be really transformative for doing the heavy lifting that lets companies digitally transform, for example. Because what I, what I don't want is more data and more tech without context and relevance. Right. And I think if, if AI can drive me being able to do a better job for my clients versus learning how to use a new dashboard with new pie charts yes. that's fueled by irrelevant data, that's what I'm trying to avoid. That sounds to me a little bit like, I'm curious for your point of view around whether it's they're going to see a proliferation of solutions or mm -hmm. kind of that one app to rule them all type of model. Do you, do you guys at Fort or in your work now, are you, are you looking at those kind of business models and market dynamics in yeah. terms of what you see play out? I think the marketplace, um, we, are, we are looking at it. And I, it's so fascinating how quickly this conversation is, is changing. Yes. Because, you know, my son and I, uh, being nerds, we, we, we were like early adopters on ChatGPT and and if I remember sitting in a kitchen with him, and he's in grade 11, and he was working on a uh, project for history. I was like, well, how does this work? And he's typed in like something about, um, it was, you know, Roman history. And we just sat there and watched this thing write 
a perfect introductory paragraph. Right. And I thought, oh, wow, this is... And then that was probably five months ago. Yeah. It's not even that long ago. Yeah. And uh, to watch this evolve is just unbelievable. I mean, I think I can't... I was thinking back to my undergrad in history of citing works and yep. bibliographies, and I know I'm aging it seem, myself. It seems quaint now, right? It seems hilarious. It seems <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. One of the things that's interesting to me is you, specifically about ChatGPT is that it, um, you, know, you work in this realm of you're, you're supporting entrepreneurs, people that, like you, have had a vision of the world or mm-hmm. they see the world in a particular way, they see an opportunity. One of the things that strikes me that ChatGPT and these generative AI models do is that it, it gives you superpowers. You know, you're referencing your yeah. son writing an essay and all of a sudden, you know, you might take that and rework it, but it's yeah. giving you the framework of a jumping off point. This idea of, um, you know, Ronald Coase wrote the theory of the firm, right? The reason that we all band together as an organization is because we can collectively pool resources yeah. and we have a better competitive advantage in the market. ChatGPT and some of these other models actually, in some ways, it feels like attacks that and allows entrepreneurs to superpower yeah. an offering. Yeah. What, what's your, do you have a view on that? Does, that? does that resonate with you in terms of what it empowers organizations to do? Does it, does it yeah. give a, a competitive advantage that maybe didn't otherwise exist? I think it gives all of us a competitive advantage and a bit of a, a threat. Right. Um, and I think what I think about driving around Europe when I moved when I lived in Europe with paper maps. Right. And how much information I retained. Yeah. About you know versus just knowing I was going to get there and I had this magical tool. What's your childhood phone number? Two six six zero eight nine five. And I know my postcode. Yeah. And, you know. Um, <laughs> Before they even had to use a 604. Um, Right? There you mm -hmm. go. And so I think there's an authenticity to what's going to come. When you know that the answer is there, how much hard heavy lifting do you really do? Do you you think you need to do? Right. Um, Is that presentation completely generated or is there a thought? So I'm I'm curious if there's a a correlation to streaming and vinyl, right? right? So I'm a huge music fan. Every song I've ever wanted, and my, my, my dad's a huge music fan. He's perpetually, it's like a miracle happens. And he's like, you know what I loved when I was 18 is this country artist and this song. And like, you mean this one? And right. he just, he can just see his head explode. Like that was a, a reprint of a, you know, Sun Records. That, and he just, he can't believe it. And I see that happening. And so now with everything at your fingertips, why do I keep buying vinyl? Right. There, is there a human connection to something that's contained and understandable? And um, The human experience. The human right? experience. And is that, what does AI do to that? How do we retreat to something that we feel like we can be passionate about and control? I don't know. But there's, there's going to be some human aspects to it that's going to shape. We're going to be so excited. And then you'll see things splinter in ways that's going to be really great and probably really scary. Well, and it also strikes me that um, nothing, you made the comment earlier, nothing's linear. Mm-hmm. And so this idea sometimes in the media that it's like, uh, that it's going to be a universal application of this and everyone's going to experience it in the same way. You know, I, my guess is you're going to have groups that are going to completely retreat and you'll have communities yeah. where they just want to have a personal interaction and, you know, almost going back to a bartering style system, right? Totally. Because it, as a revolt against this 
technology that they're yeah. just kind of being foisted upon them. I mean, to your point, right, there are, the vinyl community is very strong and lots of people love putting that record down and hearing the scratchiness in the needle and all those tactile elements that are, it exp you experience the music in a different way. Yeah. And it strikes me that AI is in that some, to, to some extent is similar in that way, right? That you, yeah. there's a, there's an element of creativity and personal thinking and all, all the stuff that comes into it that you can only provide that, that yeah. the AI, AI at this point can't, can't do. I remember, I think maybe, uh, first year of COVID, we, we have a cabin on an island that's off-grid, and it's very, very rustic. But I had one of those Wi-Fi hubs, and so I was, you know, like everyone else, you're working. <laughs> you ruined the experience. No, well, I did, but I was, so I would sit at this this old desk next to, uh, you know, a bed made out of, you know, milk crates, and but I was I was heading up innovation and technology right. for a huge, you know, global advisory firm, but I'm sitting in this wooden bunkhouse on an island with no electricity and no roads, solar power, a little Wi-Fi hub. I was working with this AI company that was talking about, you know, a health the genomics and, and these transformative things they're working on. And I'm looking out the window at what could have been 1845, you know, the sailboats going by right. and, and nothing. And it was a really, and to me, that was a perfect combination of of intellectually fascinated about big ideas and what's happening, but in a way that as a human, you can actually not be overwhelmed with the pace, right. you know, I have three kids. So how do you, they know so much more than I do right. about all things. And it's inevitable for all of us. But I do think like if I asked you, like, where does your mind go when you're overwhelmed and you want to retreat? It's probably somewhere where there's less noise yeah. and it's calmer. You don't think like, I want to be in the middle of Times Square right now. Maybe right. I want to be on. I want to be skiing. I want to be on a boat. I want to be in a, you know hiking with my dog. So I think the trick for companies and for individuals is like, how can we engage in these huge, con transformative con concepts and realities now, but not lose the magic of being analog, right? Being a human. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if I'd have that, but I, I think about skiing and being in the in the forest and. And the luxury right now, this time of also seeing things that seem like magic happen yep. weekly. Interesting juxtaposition, right? Yeah. To be to be living through. Let's switch gears a little bit. You, 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 we talked earlier about this concept of of innovation inside large organizations. Mm -hmm. I'm curious for your perspective on you. You wrote about align. You've you've written about aligning stakeholders and the challenges yeah. of that. Talk to me a little bit about um, you know you've, you've worked inside a big four. You've you're an investment mm -hmm. bank. It's, uh, all these these dynamics are. Are different, and you've watched entrepreneurs try to try to innovate. Talk yeah. to me a little bit about the the process of bringing something something to to life inside these organizations and the challenges yeah. there. Well, I've seen it both ways, um, and I'll start with my perception in tech. Because I think if you ask any tech entrepreneur or anyone dealing with anything digital, they would by default think of themselves as innovators, right? Because of the technology is innovative, but the way that you they're running the business. They could be selling paper. Right. So I think innovation oftentimes, like historically, it's been technology has been seen as innovation, as innovation, whereas the way that you're working necessarily hasn't caught up. That perception of a, you know, a printing company that does something very simple, but the way they distribute, the way they sell online, the way that they run their company and they bring people through is the innovation that's transforming their business. Right. So I think innovation for a long time had a bit of a dirty outside of tech, you know, it was seen as a luxury. It was seen as something we'll get to. Yeah. 
and for a whole bunch of reasons, industry after industry has been disrupted or transformed or is in the, in the process of changing the way they work. And I think, I don't, I don't want to come across as jaded having been in tech, but I've seen, I've been part of a lot of strategy sessions where you have the new thing that's going to change the way you do whatever yep. it is you do. Horizons, horizons. And it, and it rarely, it's always a minimum viable product strategy. Right. And then it doesn't work and the API crashes and, and you change it. So it's, it's, it's more a way of working. And I think for large organizations, um, if you were the chief innovation officer of a company, you know, a big advisory firm seven or eight years ago, I think that's a pretty miserable experience because people were so suspicious of what that meant. Is right. it a threat? Why do we need it? Do we need to spend money on that? And then I think now the reality is innovation is, innovation might be that, you know, Fridays I work from home and I can see my kids. And, and we have the technology to facilitate that. Right. And we're just as productive. Or innovation might be that uh, a whole, you know, business unit or line of service in the firm is going to be severely disrupted by AI and we need to actually start building technology ourselves and it's going to be informed by, you know, by a big advisory firm like KPMG, you know the issues that businesses are, are dealing. You're actually uniquely well positioned to perhaps turn into not only a systems integrator, but uh, a technology shop that is closest to the, the most important data that the, the biggest brands in the world are dealing with. Yep. So that's, and that's actually happening now, but five or six years ago, that might have seemed like uh, unlikely. Yeah, I, 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 that that resonates with me for for sure, um, and and uh, you know it also strikes me that um, sometimes the magic is in just showing up and doing what you do in a way that feels like magic for your for your end user for your yeah. for your customer, right? And the innovations around how you how you organize, how you fulfill, how you interact with customers, even you know that can can feel transformed, and that's powered by technology sometimes. Yeah. Right, but uh, but in a way that that really surprises and delights. Like sometimes half the magic is just answering the phone, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and you, and it's amazing in the marketplace. Do you, have, do you still have a landline here? Do you have an I office can, phone here? I think we're VoIP, but yeah, right. you you can probably reach me on a. Uh, I, on I was just thinking, I have this phone on my desk. <laughs> and I've never used it. A physical phone. A physical phone. Right. Which right. I know at one point when something goes wrong will be super useful, but I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting close to time, so I, I just uh, maybe wanted to get your, your thoughts here. You've, you've raised some really interesting points around um, you know, innovation, the impact of technology, how it's impacting our human experience. How do you think about the impact of innovation beyond, you know, you're in the business of helping, well, Ford is in the, is, yep. is in the business of multiplying capital, mm -hmm. but beyond the financial metrics and the, the, the ROI specifically, how do you think about, you know, the impact of innovation and technology uh, philosophically in terms of, that that uh, that impact in the world or in the in the folks that you serve. I, I feel incredibly lucky to be, you know, alive and active at this moment in time. I think we're seeing some incredible. I mean, there's downside to everything. Um, I spend a lot of time in climate tech, mm -hmm. and it's remarkable to watch the innovation. You know, cost of renewables lower than you know oil. You know, there's really transformative things happening that are going to change for the better. Um, our impact on the planet and, you know, experiences I've, I, I've been part of in, in healthcare in the last four or five years that are transformative. So I think there's, there's so much good happening. The way we work, um, the way that companies that maybe were too much of a gamble are now getting funding and having the most momentum 
If you look at uh, you know climate tech funding right now, venture is tough, but certain areas, AI and climate tech, are, are are getting funded, and those things can bring real good. And I I'm a passionate um, Western Canadian tech you know entrepreneur and operator, and I and I love living here. And I feel like what's happening right now positions us uniquely well. I think um, in, in climate tech and and in AI in, in BC and Alberta. So, yeah, I feel very lucky to to be where I am and to see the the oper- the, the the companies, the government engagement feels as good as it's ever been. And I know there's lots of bad news, but I don't think we need to dwell on that. I think it's you know dig in and make this as, as good as possible. This is Mark Lowe for the KPMG Podcast. Thanks for listening.